Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. All right, we're back this week, and I have an in-house guest, Dr. Sean Mirabel. So I wanted to talk to Sean today because Sean is getting ready to be a practice owner in about four days. Yes, sir. All right. So you're a 2015 graduate. 2015 graduate from from where? University of Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a state still? Oklahoma's a state still. Um, We're still fighting to stay a state, Um, but we've got one dental school. You're not fighting in the NBA playoffs. No, unfortunately, even with a strong team. (laughs) With a threesome, you know? Yep. Yeah, with the big three, you guys didn't make much hay this year. No, unfortunately. Hopefully we'll get it figured out, though. So you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yes, sir. All right, and you're currently working as an associate in DSO. Yes. And you've been there how long? Uh, two and a half years. In the same place? Uh, I was at another office um, for about six months, um, okay. but for the remainder of it, I've been at the same office. Okay. And uh, what's led you to want to be a practice owner? Well, you know, as I as I started to build my skill set and just be able to do more dentistry, I started to... Um, you know, kind of realize that, you know, I'm only working for a percentage of, of the dentistry that I'm doing. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the, the more confident that I was getting, I felt like I could kind of take on, um, you know, more of the things as far as risk goes, as far as the business and as far as, you know, managing staff and things like that, that would maybe allow me to get a little bit more of, of that piece of the dentistry that I was working on. Do you feel that you're not making the money you want to make where you're at now? Um, I, I was a, I wasn't um, I was a little disappointed with kind of where things shook out. I was hoping to maybe make a, a little bit more, have the opportunity to. Um, what held you back? Um, I, I just think maybe it's it maybe office and practice dependent. You know, there's great situations and there's not so great situations. Okay. Um, and so I think you know I just got kind of a, a slow start. Um, you know, I started in a practice that. Um, you know, I kind of had to build my patient base. And so it was just kind of, you know, getting off the ground. And, um, you know, I just didn't quite get to where I wanted to be in that particular practice. It was in the city and it was kind of saturated. So I think when I moved rurally, um, opportunities opened up a little more. Okay. And are you buying a practice or building from scratch? We're buying a practice. So I we. Uh, we so my wife is is also a dentist. Um, we met in two thousand. Uh, and where's we met, she working? Uh, where's she working? She's at the dental school um, okay. at, at Oklahoma. She is She's a dental student. Uh, no, she is a course director okay. for the complete denture course. Actually, okay. um, so we both graduated in two thousand fifteen. Loves dentures. There are people like that. That loves exist. dentures. You know how lucky you are. 
right. <laughs> to have somebody that likes to right. do those. You know, that was kind of our plan from the get-go is everybody told us, you know, how difficult it might be to go into business together. Um, but we just had this really complimentary skill set and personality that, um, you know, she likes to do what I hate to do and I love to do what she hates to do. So I think it's really going to, I really think it's going to be great. So. Well, it better be. I hope so. Because you have to go home to that right. every day. We have no other choice. <laughs> it's got to work. <laughs> I know how you feel, man. Right. My wife and I work together, not at the, in the same practice, right. but in the same building. Uh, so certainly the dynamics are a bit different there, but we have some of the same dynamics right. as well. What are your, um, what made you choose this practice? Um, it just, it was in a great location. Uh, you know, I know I'm practicing. Define great location. Well, it, I, I honestly, I, I think starting with the kind of patient that you want to see, um, you know, and I think uh, it, it's in a, a good area, great schools, um, you know, kind of a little more affluent area. And I think those are the kind of patients that may do the kind of dentistry that I like to do. Um, you know, eventually some implant dentistry, full mouth reconstruction. You know, Justin um, will disagree with you, by the way. Yeah. Because in South Dakota, he's doing the type of dentistry. That's fair. To- that That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I think um, when you, it really just depends on, on your situation and kind of how you're managing your practice and setting up, you know, options for patients to follow through with that treatment. Um, You know, in in, in my practice currently, you know, the financing options are kind of limited. And so we don't ever really get to the point, um, you know, where patients could maybe do some some implant implant dentistry. Um, The, you know, it's usually just traditional removable prosthetics with, you know, nothing to to help. Okay. And you think that's because you don't have the skill set or you think that's because the patients absolutely don't want it? I think the the patients just were not maybe breaking through to a point with them where they can they can find a way to afford it. Okay, so. I got gotcha. you. Do you guys offer that in the practice, whether through specialists or through other dentists? Uh, we do. We always talk about options. You know, we okay. try to give them, um, you know, all, all the way from nothing, you know, to you know the best thing that they they could possibly do, um, and really let the patient decide, you know, based okay. on their situation. So you believe in saying yes to the best. Yes, giving yes, the patient yes. the choice. Right. And then you're just finding that the patients aren't choosing that. Right, right. So okay. we definitely talk about, you know, how, how we get that done financially, who's going to do what, and, you know, in what, um, what order as far as um, the surgical phase and the restorative phase. Um, but, you know, really when it all shakes out um, as far as treatment, when the treatment plan comes, you know, a lot of patients just decide to go with that regular okay, conventional venture. So, so you have a practice that has a good location. What right. else attracted you to this, to buy this practice? So the size of the practice, um, you know, it's got 2,800 active patients. Okay, and so a it's, a, it's a big practice. And so, you know, we wanted something that may have been able to support, you know, not only me, but, but my wife, um, okay. you know, to do some of the things that she wanted to do. So does she do anything besides dentures? Um, she does. She wants to do ortho. She okay. loves orthodontics. She wants to do sleep dentistry. She wants okay. to do a lot of, um, you know, not, physically involving dentistry. Um, she does have, um, she's got something that kind of keeps her from, from doing the dentistry sometimes that she wants to do. Um, she's a, a military veteran, had an accident okay. and ended up having cervical vertebrae fusion. Okay. So, um, you know, she's she's great at... So you she know, has some limitations physically. Right, physically. Dentists. So she can do a lots of dentistry, but, you know, as the procedure times get a little bit mm-hmm. longer, you know, she starts to kind of want to, you know, finish yeah. finish things up. So, I got you. Good yeah. for her. That, yeah. That's the beauty of dentistry, right. isn't it? Is that we literally can have ailments that prevent us from doing long procedures and they're short procedures. Right. We can literally have ADD where we can't, we can't, you know, focus on these things, but we right. can do this. You know, we can literally do what we want as general dentists. And that's really what drew me to general dentistry because my friends would say, why don't you, you know, why don't you do this? I'm like, as a general dentist, can't you do root canals? Right. I'm like, yes. Okay, great. So I can be a general dentist and do lots of things. There's special. There's advantages of being a specialist, but you know, for the most part, I I, I really have enjoyed general dentistry. All right. So you picked this practice. You're buying it. Was it a solo practitioner? It was. 
It okay. was. Um, there was a, there was a doctor that was was practicing there by himself. Um, you know, he had kind of in the, the last two years tried to take his practice to the next level. So I think um, you know he had kind of ramped things up. You know, maybe to the point where we could think about supporting maybe one of the half What is this doctor going to do? Um, he unfortunately passed away. Okay. Um, so he. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. So it, it was a very unfortunate circumstance. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, a great thing came of it um, in the sense that that's a, a great opportunity for us. So did you buy um, it from the estate? We are. Yes, we, we are dealing with the uh, the dentist wife. Um, you know, she she's got a lot going on, and you know, we just want to make this one more thing a little bit easier, and you know, just kind of help pass on his his legacy, and you know how you know how well he's treated patients. We've heard nothing but amazing things, and so. You know, we just hope to, to step in and, you know, continue to, to take care of those people who now, you know, unfortunately don't have any, you know, they don't have a dentist. And so, um, you know, we're, we're ready to, to fill that void for them. How long has it been uh, uh, vacated? Uh, it was about mid-April. Um, okay. And so, so they, the, the, the practice is, right. And so the, the so practice. So this was a last minute decision for you guys? Not necessarily. So um, we actually, um, we were ready to purchase another practice um, in March. And unfortunately, okay. the, the doctor had pulled out. No, he just wasn't ready to commit. Um, and so, you know, we, I had given my notice to my, to my office. My wife had given her notice to her job. I mean, we were all in on this, ready to go. Um, and right before we signed the contract, he said that he just, he couldn't do it. Um, and so we kind of scrambled and we, you know, I, we figured out some opportunities to kind of keep us afloat. I was, I I left on great terms with, uh, with all of my administration. Um, and so they, you know, they, they were actually, they were, they were happy to have me back. I was so excited because I really needed that opportunity. You were worried about that. Uh, Yeah. So, um, you know, but so we were kind of in a, in a, in a crutch to, to find a practice. And to be honest, you know, we had been looking since we, we graduated dental school. Um, you know, just, we hadn't found. Why didn't you do it earlier? I just, I felt I, I maybe just didn't feel confident enough in myself. You didn't feel ready. Right. I just didn't feel ready. I kind of had this five-year plan of, you know, I'm going to associate maybe at a couple of different offices and figure out some different things that, you know, will, you know, help me ultimately be a better practice owner. Um, you know, but I think with, you know, some of the opportunities that I had with my current, uh, my current job that, you know, I was ready actually in two and a half years. And, you know, so I felt better about moving forward. Um, but, you know, after after that first year and kind of got the, you know, got the awkwardness out and you start to kind of hit your stride, um, you know, at the end of that second year, I just, I felt ready. I felt like I was ready to really take it to the to the next level. And like I said, um, you know, my, my dentistry had been getting better. My, you know, I was producing more and I just, I wasn't seeing any difference as far as, um, you know, any return on that investment that I was putting into my patients and myself and everything that was going on. And so, um, you know, that, that was something that, you know, I kind of started to think about, you know, I'm working really hard for somebody else. Um, right. So you've been thinking about buying a practice. Mm-hmm. You and your wife were committed to working together? Yes. So we've had lots of, um, you know, different feedback from people about, you know, anywhere from it's never going to work to, you know, I've heard great stories about, you know, things working out. Um, I just think that we, we have just a very complimentary skill set, a very complimentary personality. I just think that, you know, together, you know, we're, we're so much better for, you know, for anything that we try to accomplish. Um, I think the big thing, and we actually talked about this the other night, um, you know, are we having, you know, we, we kind of made this rule, you know, are we having this conversation as, you know, as partners or are we having this conversation as a husband and wife right now? So, because, you What's know, the you, difference, right, <laughs> right. Um, you know, and that's what she was saying. Cause I asked her, I asked her, I said, is this a husband and wife conversation or is this a part? She said, well, it's kind of a both, right? Like that was a setup, <laughs> right? You gave, you, you showed your cards there, man. right? Right. You can't ever do that. But, you know, yes, she's, you. she, exactly, right, just, just, just make her happy, so, um, you know, she's, she's been great, um, you know, she's, she's been awesome with, 
you know, being as much of a partner as she could possibly be in this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to go at this with her, um, you know, in the sense of, you know, partners. I just couldn't think of anybody else that I would rather be doing it with. That's awesome. So. Good for you. Why are you learning implants now? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Because I feel like, you know, I have a hopefully 20-year career ahead of me, and I'd love to do implant dentistry for 20 years and not, um, you know, not be stuck doing you know, regular, you know, just, just kind of that basic dentistry that kind of you grind out every day. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really wanted to, plus I think, you know, the more, the more that you learn about implant dentistry, the more your eyes start to open as far as treatment options. And you start to not be locked in this box anymore of some of these other treatment options that you had to do in the past because it was the only other option. And so, you know, just, just educating yourself more and, and, really opens up more opportunities for your patients to get better treatment, um, you know, and, you know, who who wouldn't rather do, you know, an awesome implant and replace somebody's tooth, you know, than maybe a, a single, you know, surface filling somewhere. So it's just a different level of dentistry that I feel like brings me a level of satisfaction. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I always wanted to do high level dentistry that, you know, wasn't just wasn't just basic. Well, I think it'll come in handy if your wife loves dentures that you can sink the implants in right. to help hold the dentures in, whether it's fixed or removable, right. as you learned today. What about technology? Where are you at with technology in your current environment? Um, so, you know, I, I think the biggest thing we need to do is bring the practice up to the times. Um, you know, the practice does a lot of orthodontics and currently has a, a Ceph machine that produces okay. film Cephs. 2D Ceph. Um, 2D film so, Right. Okay. And so, you know, I think um, with with moving into implant dentistry um, and, and moving into orthodontics that we're going to, um, you know, bring the, the practice up to maybe have a, a, a comb beam. Um, I, I love the digital workflow concept. I think that it's something that if, if we can implement well and, and train the team well, um, that is something that I would really like to 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 ha- to be a big part of our practice because I think that that's something that um, 
could potentially, you know, distinguish you, you know, from, from other practices is this is the practice that, you know, my, my crown, you know, doesn't even, you know, I don't even have to do an impression and I get my, right. you know, just, it's an opportunity when, you know, there's a million dentists, why, why are you different? Why, why would I come see you than, than somebody down the street? And I just really think that, um, you know, that digital workflow is just, just where everything is headed, not, you know, not just dentistry. What's your game plan bringing this technology in that you need? Um, so first and foremost, the thing that we, we have to kind of prioritize, and I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that's overwhelming to a younger dentist with, you know, not a lot of maybe business experience or access to, is, you know, this is going to be very expensive, and I just have to kind of... a quarter million dollars. Right, and so I, I have to, you know, sequence, you know, what I'm getting and when I'm getting and make sure it's going to integrate, make sure it all talks to each other, that kind and so I think, you know, that would be a big question for you, is if you have any advice to, you know, a new dentist coming in who really wants to, you know, do this digital dentistry workflow, but really has kind of limitations as far as cash flow and, and really the unknown of stepping into something where, you know, I don't even know how much money we're going to make that first month. And so I can't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have money to, to get that technology as soon as I want to, but as soon as I can, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get onto it. So. so here's my advice on that. Number one, I think the first step you have, and that's the desire to want technology and to see the value of technology. So you've got that covered. Okay, so that's important. Okay, number two, I would tell you is be a little cautious. You you can't bite but so much, you know, of something off, right? right? So you're biting off a big chunk in the fact that you're buying a practice, and you're transitioning a practice, and uh, you know all the challenges that come with that, and the opportunity that come with that, right? right? right. So have a game plan to reevaluate it every three to six months. Okay. And then what I would say to you is establish a benchmark, okay? So you're used to living on a certain amount of income today, right? right? And don't look at the technology that you want as, I got to buy it all at once. Okay. That may, that, obviously that's the best, right? okay? But it may not make sense, okay? And don't look at it as, hey, it's $200,000, $250,000. You got to look at it as four or five grand a month, right? okay? And so what I would say is, I personally would want to see me get back to the income I need right. to live my life. And then I would like to see my practice provide me additional income or cash flow to cover this cost of materials, four or $5,000, for three to six months in a row. Okay. Not a one-off like, oh, this month we made it, now we're ready. Right. Okay, but this level, some level of consistency, sure. three, four, five, six months, and for you to be able to project out that, hey, this is going to be the norm, and then I would say, boom. So when the money comes in, hopefully more than what you've been making so far, that I wouldn't say, oh, now we're going to buy a house, or now we're going to do this. Right. You know, I would always reinvest in myself first. And in this case, it may be technology because with what you're learning for implants, I think home beam is a must. Right. Okay. It doesn't have to have it. But I think I think the biggest thing I've I look at it as is it will allow me to to, to keep more and not have yes. to not to have to send as much because I have more yeah. information. You know, that's that yes, that is true. But I would nuance that a little bit. Okay. It'll allow you to see things that you haven't seen before. Okay. It'll allow you to communicate things and in a different way that you've never communicated before. Just like you've seen cone beam and you were wowed by it, right? right? Your patients will see it and they're wowed by it. Okay. You'll diagnose better. You'll have more confidence. You'll be able to present better. 
You know, those are the things that you'll see from it. You know, comb beam and or CAD cam doesn't make you keep more. Okay, you make yourself keep more. Okay, but cone beam and CAD cam give you the skills and the confidence to project that to your patients and to accomplish things that maybe you were a little hesitant to do and that you may have shied away from in the very beginning. And to me, that's the real, the real value in technology is that ability to create confidence. I like that you say that because honestly, that that was the biggest thing that I feel like I, I lacked as a younger dentist is. Is, is the confidence. And I feel like once you, like you said, once you have that information to, to back up and give you that confidence, I feel like that could, could really help you get to the next you know, level. I could project that confidence today to my patients without cone beam pretty easily to get them to trust me. Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I would have that confidence clinically even right. today to actually execute on that. And I think that's what gets us in trouble is that we're enthusiastic, we get a little overconfident, we get patients to say yes, and then sometimes we hesitate or are unable to deliver that result. And that's, that's challenging. What is, while we're talking about challenges and fears, let's talk about what are your challenges and fears of buying this practice and stepping out on your own and essentially leaving a guaranteed income? Right. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the biggest source of, of um, a fear for me is, is income, you know, to support my family. Um, you know, knowing that those checks are coming every two weeks from your other job is, you know, it, it gets you comfortable. Do you guys plan on continuing to work as, at any other places? Uh, not, not, at the, not at the moment. Um, we're going to kind of go, go all in on this practice to get, it, to get it set up and get it back to where it needs to be. Um, but that's not out of the question, um, to, to work somewhere somewhere if we need to as far as, as supplemental um, to, to help us. Um, I think the, like I said, the biggest thing that, that worries me is, you know, I just want to make sure I have enough money to pay the bills. And, and without having, you know, that, that, that month of production under your belt to know what you're going to be able to project for next month, you know, just like you said, month one may not be what month two or month three are going to be like. And so um, I, I think that, you know, when we, when we study the numbers and we study the, the cash flow and the P&L and everything, you know, it looks okay. It looks like we're, we're going to be just fine. It's just needing that, you know, just, just needing that money to drop and need, reality. You know, right. Just, just needing the reality to play out conceptually, you know, seeing things and, and knowing, you know, having, having the theory that it's going to work, you know, but when it plays out, that's when you can, again, have some confidence that moving forward, you know, things are just going to, you know, continue to get better. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. I don't necessarily need you to answer with specificity. Okay. okay. I just need you to answer yes or no. Okay. If I asked you today, how much money do you need to live on? Could you answer the question? I'd say no. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second, okay? So when your biggest fear is supporting your family, the most important thing you can do is figure that number out, okay? Rent, mortgage, whatever. Right, right, right. You know, a little bit of lifestyle, you know, whatever, cars, things like that. Right. What, what is the real number I need to live? Not what is the number I need to live the way I want to live, yeah. But what is the number to really not struggle? That's what that's what I would say that in, in being honest with you that, yeah. you know, do I know what we need to bring in every month to, to pay our bills and make sure, you know, and to be able to go do, but do I know, you know, down to the wire, you yeah. know, where things are going? I think that's where, you know, we get a little. We all do. We, right. That's what I mean is we just kind of get a little lax. Tell you we get number. a little lax. That's fair. Okay. I couldn't tell you my number. Um but what my argument back to you, and I'm trying to tell you in a nice way, yeah, okay? Yeah. My argument back to you is 
God unwilling or God willing, I don't need to worry about that. But you do. Because you're, you're leaving a job, your wife's leaving a job, and you're embarking on a new career, essentially, okay, or a new chapter of your profession and your career. And the biggest fear that, that I had when I started, that you have, is all about knowing that number of security, okay? So, because once you know that number, you know the target. And we all, all as human beings, when we have a target, we find this ability to overachieve that target. But if we don't know what that scoreboard of that target is, right. we kind of waffle around to get there. So what, what I'll say to that, in, in, out of respect for my, my awesome wife, yeah. is my wife would tell you that number down to the cent. Perfect. So, so that's, that's, that, that that's, where, that's where I say that in the complimentary things mm -hmm. that, you know, she is our she so is you're our the dreamer. She, I'm, I am the, exactly, I'm the visionary. And, <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, I, I can be a little more whimsical, but she is our, bring it back down to okay. earth, yeah. this is what our bills are. But it's so also she's, important for you to know. But that's what I was going to say, is yeah. that's where I feel like I didn't have the confidence because I wasn't maybe as involved yeah. as I as I need. These to be. are the questions you got to ask. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to figure it out. You just need somebody to tell you. Right. Okay. Because the masculinity in us right. will step up and find a way to make it happen. And then once you know these numbers, you can start really making plans. Because look, you're going to do fine. I know it because I see it in you. Okay. I, that. I don't know your wife. Okay, but I see it in her because she's she likes way, to. Do. She's way more awesome than but I. We am. all listen. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask this. I've never met a man who hasn't married up. So is that just saying that men are that inferior? Right. Okay. I, I think. I think there may be a paradigm shift going on. Yeah. I don't know what's, but you know, there there are a lot more you know women in, in you know more, much more lucrative jobs than, yeah. than men today. You know, so it's. I, I think. I think there's there's definitely a paradigm shift. But I think you know my my vision was always. Like I love the fact that that it's equal for us. It's, we're not. We're not. Neither of us are married up or down. I mean, we've got yeah. this. You know, we've got this journey that we're going to share. We both know the challenges. And we both, both know the benefits. So tell me more about this practice. Tell me about where you want this practice to be five years from now. Um, so, you know, my, I, I, I used to, I played baseball growing up, and, and my goal was always to be the best. You know, be the best at what I'm doing. And, and that's really what I want to do is I hope to, you know, in five years, be the guy. Be, be the guy. But the guy in what? In you know, honestly, and implants is really the okay. biggest thing. You know, I'd love for what would that um, look like? I would say, you know, the 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 general dentist who, or you know, a dentist or specialist who, you know, has received the education and training that they can deliver. You know, on the outcomes that they're they're talking to patients about, um, but also, you know, that their their workflow or their their whole systems of how they, you know, how, how they a patient flows through the practice to get an implant from you know, from the meet and greet to the information they're shown to what they're discussed about, that that patient feels that that's the, you know, the smoothest process to, to get that tooth replaced possible, um, you know, not only in the, you know, the pre-planning and treatment plan presentation phase, but also the, the surgical phase. And, um, you know, when they walk out, they've got, you know, a tooth looking like what they want to. And, you know, they've got something that they can show family and friends and, and hopefully, you know, send, send more folks our way. So that's a good one. Let's redefine that a little bit. Okay. Okay. I believe in specificity. Okay, the more specific you can be in your definition. Best is a very difficult word. Okay. Okay, because what's the best baseball player? What's the best basketball player? Is it LeBron? Is it Durant? Right. Is it Steph? Is it a three-point shooter? Is it a center? Right, best is so different based on positions and things. Okay. So use implants. So, you know, I, I would 
I would work. Let me be fair, okay? I'm giving you advice based on the way I think, okay? I'm not saying it's the way to think, but it's just how I think, okay? So I have these same goals and visions that you do. I want to be the guy or the best, but the best is different from person to person, okay? Some people, they define best as, I want to make X dollars, okay? Some people define best as, I want to do only implants, Some people define best as, you know, best to me would be if I got to a point where I was doing 200 fixtures a year, okay? You know, best will transform year over year as you achieve different goals. But if you don't write them down, if you don't write down the milestones with specificity, you'll never, you'll never really achieve them. You'll live this some, somewhat unhappy life of just chasing something that you don't know what it is because you never really wrote it down. So let me ask you a question here, okay? What do you think would be a great number of implants for you to place in 2018? What would you look back at the end of the year and say, man, this was a good year? I'd love to do, honestly, minimum, like I'd love to do maybe 60 implants, like maybe five or so a month. Okay, great. By the end of 2018? Oh, by the end of 2018? Yeah. I would say my hope would be to get Two to four a month. Okay. So I'd say four times. So you got six months left. Yeah. So you're talking about 20, 12 to 20. Right. Okay. Reasonable goal. Okay. So now let's talk about what are you going to have to do? Is the implant practice you're buying now doing implants? Yes. Okay. Were they doing these types of numbers already? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. I think that they were, they were right, doing good. a couple so here that's there. good to know. Okay. So now we got to know that we've got to do something different okay. than that was already being done. Right. Okay, so the first step to achieve your goal or your outcome that you want here is you have to take take aim at what was being done, and if your goal is to maintain, then you kind of do what's been done. Right. Okay, but your goal isn't to maintain. Your goal is to move up. Right. Okay, so the first thing I would tell you is you're going to have to do something differently than that was already being done. That something different may be better internal marketing. It may be better external marketing. It may be better at offering options to more people more often. Okay. It may be a matter of something simple like the number one technology out there, which is an extra oral camera. I take so many pictures, um, but I think what I need to do is really train my team so, yes, that, they are, so that they are because the ones taking the you pictures. You cannot yeah. be the limiting factor in your success. Right. In fact, you should be the least important part of the success. You know, okay. I would say that your part in the success should be to define the vision, and provide the support and accountability for others to help execute your vision. You know, I take very few photographs in my practice now when it comes to actual presenting dentistry. I take photographs for my personal reasons Mm -hmm. from a documentation perspective, but not to photograph dentistry for presenting to patients. So, you know, these are some of the things. So so you follow where I'm coming from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, like, what, what else? Okay, so what are some other? Your wife likes to do dentures. Okay, I would sit down and talk to her about what would, what would, my point in all of this, mm-hmm. okay, is we set, we often have goal setting, and our goal setting is so nonspecific. Right. Like the guy. That doesn't mean crap to me. Okay, and it really probably doesn't mean anything to you. Okay, but if we get down to brass, if we get down to the, the bottom of it, and if I said, what would go back at 2018, 
and what would define a successful year for you? At a very base level minimum, I would probably say for you to reproduce your current income. That's right. I, I would agree. Okay. Absolutely agree. So you got to write it down. You got to put it on a board. You got to stare at it every single day. And then you got to track that at a bare minimum. I call that your short term goal. Get it out of the way. Have a medium term goal. Your medium term goal may be 20 implants. Okay. Write that down. 80% of your effort goes into recreating the income. Hook, crook, whatever it is, ethically speaking. Right. Six days a week, seven days a week, four days a week, what you know, long hours, short hours, whatever it takes sure. to re-maintain that income. So now you have some flexibility moving forward. But there's the mini mini outcome that, hey, I want to place 20 implants. Okay. Okay. And about 20% of my efforts can be focused on that. Okay. Because it's not the number one goal. The number right. one goal is this. Right. So this is a side goal. By the way, when you achieve the side goal, this secondary part, to the perfect. Okay, right. Right, right. it kind of creates yeah. that to happen, right? So then I would look at, I would spend twenty percent of my effort in looking at what do I got to do to make that happen? Okay, okay, with specificity, and write down a write down an action plan. Okay, the action plan would be the cheapest thing I can do is present dentistry to my patients in a non-confrontational manner. Photography is fantastic at that. Okay, so figure out what it takes to do that. The second thing that you can do economically is you can utilize internal marketing. Uh, I don't know if you walked through our practice today or the last time you guys were here, uh, the, some of the signs we have throughout the office, just to let patients know we do implants. You'll be shocked at how many patients don't know what you do or what they assume right. that this guy did, but maybe you don't do it because you're kind of young looking. Right. <laughs> okay? so, so those are some of the things that you got to look at before you get externally Focus internally. It's way less expensive. Right. Okay. And it's easier to see the results. Okay. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Sean has been awesome. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you for having us at your place. It, oh, it really it's is it's beautiful. I, it's the second I, time. It was just as awesome. I mean, I, I really do appreciate cool. it. So how can people get in touch with you? Um, so my cell phone number is 918-691-6193. You give out your number to dates that easily? Uh, I guess if it's just a dental thing, I'm, <laughs> I'm always game to talk dentistry. Um, or you can shoot me an email, um, Sean's, S-H-A-U-N, uh, Mirabal, Sean.Mirabal.DDS at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-U-N dot Mirabal, M-I-R-A-B-A-L mm-hmm. at so. gmail.com. Dot .dds, dot .dds at gmail.com. Yeah, so just my name, Sean.Mirabal.dds at gmail.com. All right. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, podcast family. T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. 
You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode. 